words matter. Words are important in life. We use words each and every day to communicate with each other. These words are so important, and while how we say them and the tone and inflection can and does affect a conversation, it's the words that are important. Just as you have seen in that video, the words make up sentences, and those sentences make up the structure of what we're saying and are the words which make people feel good, such as, I'm proud of you. Or maybe, I love you. But words can also be used to make people feel bad, such as, you disgust me. Or, I hate you. Do you see why words are so important? Also, the words that we say affect people. The Bible has a lot to say about words The Bible is full of words. These words are what God is saying to us. And I would like today for us to take just a moment to investigate God's word today. God gave us his word as a gift and what God has to say about words. Would you take your Bibles this morning and open with me to the book of Proverbs? Chapter 18, verse 21. And I think in this proverb, we get a very quick picture of how important words are. If you would stand with me as we read this one verse this morning, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Father God, I just pray now that you will speak to us this morning, Lord, through your word. Father, would you help us to understand the importance of words? And Father, would you speak into our hearts through Holy Spirit? And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. From opening God's word, he tells us right there in Proverbs that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We use our tongue to speak words, and what we say can bring death and it can bring life. You might not agree with me or think that it is really that serious of a nature, but many of you here today might have been affected by words. When we look at that and we understand that the tongue is what is used to make those words and that we can bring life or death to others, you might not even give another thought to it. But I want us to pause for just a moment and think about that video and what you saw there when the one man told about his friend. All the friend wanted to do was please his father And he could never get a word of affirmation, a word of comfort from his father. He did everything, went to college, made those straight A's, called his father, all excited to hear those words that his father would say, only that it wasn't important and that he didn't have time right now. And those words changed the life of that young man. 
Because he sought for something to fill that void. He sought for that approval. He then turned from his words of his father to other people to give him those sources. Got caught up in the wrong group and physical death came out of that because of words. You might remember watching the movie Facing in the Giant by the Kendrick Brothers. And in that movie, you remember the team was a losing team. The coach come in and he began to use words to build up that team. He took the leader of the team, you remember, and he put him out on the football field to do what they called the death crawl. He put another football player on his back and got on his hands and knees and the coach told him just to go a little ways. The young man couldn't see, but through the words of the coach, speaking and speaking and encouraging, he eventually cleared the entire football field from one end zone to the other end zone. That brought life to that young man and it brought life to that team. That team then became a winning team. But what is death? There's several definitions for death on According to Wikipedia, which is an online search platform many of you might be familiar with, it says that death is the inevitable, permanent, irreversible cessation of all biological functions that sustain an organism. Or maybe you can go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary and it describes death as the cause or occasion of loss of life or the state of being no longer alive, the state of being dead. Because people today don't like to talk about death. We don't like to think about death. We've come up with many other words for it. Passing. Someone has passed on. We use another word as far as maybe they're sleeping. They're gone home or or expiration. They've expired like there's a date on them of a bad jug of milk. No, it is death, the cessation of life. The Bible has a lot to say about that. And the Bible takes the word death and it has two primary meanings that it uses. One of those being the meaning of life, as the dictionary says, striving or leading. In Acts chapter 10, we read what God says about it. Acts chapter 10, verse 42. And we read there and it says, And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to judge the living and the dead. The living and the dead. The cessation of life. The Bible uses another point for that. And that is one dealing with the relationship with God Almighty. The words of death are used by, as Merriam-Webster Dictionary said, a state of no longer alive. We're no longer alive in our relationship to God when death enters. And we see that in Romans 6, 23, when it says, for the wages of sin is death. Our sin separates us. It breaks a fellowship with God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus These words can lead others and ourselves to either one of these two states. The words that we use, the words that people use with us can lead us to life living as we are today as a human being or death dead in the grave. 
Words that we use can lead others away from God or it can lead others to a relationship with God. You see, you might think that words can't kill. Remember growing up that little children's rhyme, stick and stones may break my bones, but words shall never hurt me. Any of y'all ever say that growing up? We were hurt by those words, but it's not true. You might remember saying that, but the truth be told, it's not so. There have been many news articles written about words, just like one from February the 12th of this year on Fox News uh, 13 in Salt Lake City, Utah, reported from a county called Tulloo of a 12-year-old boy who had been bullied, and his name was Drake. And because of the bullying in school, this 12-year-old boy went home and committed suicide. He killed himself. Words do hurt. Words can break. Words can lead to the loss of life. People do not seem to understand this, and oftentimes, I'm sure I'm as guilty as you are, we read, how could words affect such a young boy? It's just bullying, but it does. It hurts. It goes to the core of who we are. And because of that, this young boy took his life. You see, it's the power of the words And I'm sure many of you have been hurt, just as I, by words. What about the death of a relationship? Words can also affect a relationship. People from relationships sharing information back and forth. A man and a woman are joined together in marriage with two words, I do. And that forms a relationship and a man and woman are joined with those. Some start a relationship. You, you might remember this as probably the guys more than the girls, but hey, give me a call. And then you dial and that relationship forms and it builds all through words. But also many have lost relationships and the death of relationship can happen. How about I no longer do? I want a divorce. Or maybe those words, don't ever call me again. They kill a relationship. They're lost over just a a few words like those from the father and the son video when he promised to take him somewhere. And he used the words, it's not important or it's not a priority. Do you know why that child may have never heard those words Those words affected that relationship. In its own way, it began killing the relationship within the father and the son after time. We as believers must watch what we say because people are watching us. As believers of Jesus Christ, we can say, can cause others to come to Christ. And what we say can also cause others to leave a relationship, or stay away from Christ. As believers in Christ, our conversations and words should be different. Let me read you a verse out of the King James translation from 1 Peter 1.15. It says, But as he which had called you holy, so be ye holy in a manner of conversation, 
We're called to be apart. What we say as believers in Christ are called to be different. The words that we share tell our heart. The way we say things and explain things makes a difference. Are we excited about God and his words or are we negative? How we have a relationship described has to say a lot to others. Are we excited? Do we complain about the rules and regulations? Do we complain about having to come to church? Do you complain about having to give tithes to the church? Or do you brag about Jesus? Listen to the difference of I have to go to church than I get to go to church. What a privilege it is. People pick up on this. I have to pay tithes or I get to pay tithes. We get to say how excited we are and to share and how we're blessed because of God and our finances we give back. You see, that's the difference in words. But what about life? It's not just death, it's life. We can do the same thing we did for death. And let's just briefly break that down. If you go to an online dictionary, life is the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. In the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, you can read that life is the quality that distinguishes a vital and functional being from a dead body or the sequence of physical and mental experiences that make up the existence of an individual. The Bible also uses life in a couple of ways. One dealing with the physical living life, one dealing with the relationship part of life. The first one, the physical, if you turn in James chapter 4 and verse 14 of your Bibles, we read what God had wrote to us there. James 14, excuse me, James 4 verse 14. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Life is here one moment, it's gone the next. I can look out over this group and many of you have experienced life here one moment and then gone the next with a loved one. But life is more than just that in the Bible. It talks about the use of a relationship with Christ. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 1, it says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, and whence you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we are once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in the kingdom toward us in Christ. 
relationship has been killed, but through Christ, as believers, we're made alive. He restores us in that relationship with him. Words that we say, people are listening to. Are we leading them to Christ or are we leading them away from Christ? Why do our words matter? What is it? Why should we speak any different than anyone else as a believer? We're all human. We're all living because the Bible calls us to be salt of the earth. Matthew 5.13 says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Salt is a preservative. It is used to save something, preserve it. Salt is also used to enhance a flavor. How many of you ever now and then, or maybe more times than not, take a little bit of salt and you sprinkle on something? You ever get any of those, I'm going to call them them fake mashed potatoes out of a box? You could dump a whole thing of salt in it, and I don't think it helps it. But sometimes just that dash of salt flavors something. But do you know what else salt is? Why are we salt of the earth? Put a little bit of salt on you. Eat a bunch of chips with salt on them. What happens? You become thirsty. You become thirsty for water. Our lives should make others thirsty for who Christ is because Christ is the living water. John 7, 37 and 38 says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Our conversation, our actions should make others desire and want Christ. But we can look at these and we look at them from a human standpoint of death and life, dealing with the physical and the relationship, and we say, I don't understand this. Many of us have been hurt. Many of us have believed in the words of someone else that they have not followed through with. But today, we're here to brag about God. Because let me tell you, God's words, they bring life. God's words bring life from death. God's word bring life to relationships. While we may not always be as we should, our God, he is faithful. God has power. In the book of Genesis, we find the power of God's word. Genesis 1 One says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. In God's words, there is power. All he had to do is say, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke creation into being. We also find in the book of Genesis where God breathed life. His words formed by the moving of his air. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the life, the breath of life. And man became a living being. 
God breathed into man. So God's words are not only powerful. God's words not only bring life. God's words can be held to. God will never say, I don't care. I don't have time. God is capable enough to hear all of us at the same time. He's there when we need him the most. He's there when we don't want him. God's promises are always fulfilled. The Old Testament, fulfilling, telling, prophesying about a coming Savior, even though his own people turned against him, God sent a Savior to save them. And while he was on earth, he performed miracles. And even though they turned their back on him and said to crucify him, God still followed through with his promise to crucify his son so that people may have a relationship with him. God's words are truthful. God's words also say that if we reject him, there is a place called hell for everyone who does not receive. But God also says there's a place called heaven for any who do receive him. And his words are true, and he said he's coming back for us again. One day he's coming to take us with him, you see, the words of God say a lot. The words of God are true. That's what we need to proclaim, the words of God. I watched it on hospital. I saw him on that bed. And I saw doctors trying to bring him back to life. Clear! 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 It's clear that a single word could have saved his life. I don't care if it's a pinky promise or the kind where you cross your heart. Children only know that you've made a promise. And somehow they know that promises aren't supposed to be broken. Because when they are, so are hearts. Words are power. Words have power. Words could be your power. You can change a life, inspire a nation, or make this world a beautiful place. Your mouth can spit venom, or it can mend a broken soul. In his absence, my father taught me two very valuable lessons. The first, never let the sun set on your promises. Kids, they will never forget The second lesson was this. The things that hurt us the most growing up as children, we don't have to repeat them. The hurt and the pain from broken promises, it is right here with me. It is right here with you. By never letting the sun set on your promises. Words matter. They even changed the life of the main character here. He promised to take his son, it looked like, out there to the beach to watch the sunset. What a beautiful picture of God. It's that sunset. That door opened and the little boy just, Daddy, our words matter. Today are you here and maybe you've, need to speak to the father that maybe you've made some promises to him that you didn't keep up 
Maybe there's people today that you've hurt that you need to go and apologize to. This morning, I apologized to my wife because there's been times that I promised to do something that I hadn't done, and I'm sorry. There's been words that I have said that might not have been the nicest, and for that, I'm sorry. And I have to turn to my father and tell him I'm sorry. You know, he loved us, and his words are, I love you. And I'm looking forward to that day of those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Are your words salt of the earth? What we have to do is brag about our God. Because regardless of us, his words are truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one comes to the Father but through me. Some of the most important words are the gospel of Jesus Christ. About his death, burial, and resurrection, those can change lives. They can change marriage. A relationship healed. Where's your relationship this morning with Jesus? Are you here today and maybe the first time you need to say those words, I surrender to God, the hymn, just as I am. Or maybe you need to say to God, you know, God, today I just need to resubmit and yield to you. Would you bow your heads this morning? Where are you? Each of us come here in a different place in our life. We each come at a different walk. I want to encourage you today, if you've never heard the words, let me tell them to you, I love you, that comes from God. Turn to him. Do you need to say those words, I surrender all? Do you need to come to the Father this morning and tell him, Father, I'm sorry, I need to re-yield myself to you. Maybe you need to apologize to the Father for the voice and the language that you've used, the words that you've used to maybe unintentionally hurt someone else. Today, let's just confess to the Father. Let's seek him. He's got those words, I love you. As the song says, they're written in red when the blood shed from that cross. Would you stand right where you are? Just leave your heads bowed this this morning as Miss Madeline begins to just play, would you surrender to him? What's Spirit saying to you this morning?